You are listening to Cut Jib Newsletter Speaks, the podcast. This is Series 6, Episode 3 for Friday, uh, December the 15th, 2023. It's the extended weekend version of the podcast. J.J. Sefton here, along with my good friend, uh, co-blogger and co-host, CBD. And uh, today, uh, a major subject of import is a, uh, a very frightening and very, very... Um, eye-opening poll put out by our friends at the Heartland Institute and I believe as well Rasmussen. And uh, with us to discuss this is our friend returning, uh, Jim Lakely, the Vice President and Director of Communications for Heartland. So CBD and Jim Lakely, good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. morning. So, you know, one of the, I actually didn't do my homework um, and I, and I uh, fixed that by looking at Jim's uh, brief biography on the Heartland Institute uh, website. That's heartland.org. And I discovered something uh, rather disconcerting. He, He was born in New York City. So please, folks, just take, take whatever he says today with a grain of salt. I was, I was unaware of this and I apologize. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the world. Yeah, world class bullshitters were born in New York City. So you know, <laughs> guilty with an explanation. Yeah, all three of us. Uh, obviously, all three of us have been were born in New York City. So, uh, yeah. But uh, anyway, th- this is an amazing poll, Jim. It's really, as I said, it's both eye opening and, as you said before, the. Well, I'll let you. I'll let you describe it. But uh, one of the one of the things that 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 was mentioned in this poll, and I'll just just briefly mention it, was that. Uh, you, you pulled uh, p- people were saying that there's a certain percentage of especially of Democrats for sure who want to see Donald Trump essentially executed for his exercising his free speech rights about the 2020 election and uh, what this says about uh, our society in particular is really really uh, quite frightening yeah uh we did we did the poll we, we were as shocked with the results as you and the rest of the public and the media have been this this poll these poll results have blown up um it's been on scores dozens maybe a hundred radio uh talk shows across the country fox news jesse waters covered it uh mark levin mentioned it the other day i mean th- this poll we commissioned it because we wanted there was frankly there were two parts to the poll one was to try to determine um, if people would admit to voter fraud in the 2020 election, because as you know, our government and our and our ruling class have has told us that the 2020 election was the most secure in American history. Um, <laughs> that might be the gaslighting statement of the century, um, because people know in their guts that it it obviously wasn't. I mean, state after state threw out. Um, election laws, rewrote them on the fly, often by fiat when, when it was supposed to be the legislature. Pennsylvania is an example of this. I also lived in Pennsylvania, uh, fellas, born in New York, but lived in Pennsylvania as well in Pittsburgh. But Pennsylvania um, had has election laws, and it is stated that only the legislature can change those election laws. Well, the Secretary of State in Pennsylvania decided to just change them on the fly, give everybody mail-in votes, don't don't check t- signatures, don't don't clean voter rolls. Um, and send everybody a mail-in ballot. And then the court, which is elected position in Pennsylvania, run by Democrats, decided that even though that's not um, constitutional and it's against the law, we're going to allow it. And so things like this happen in state after state across the country. And so we decided to form a, uh, to craft questions in a poll with Rasmussen. And, um, you know, they're a longtime, very reputable polling uh, organization. They have rep- they reported back to us. This is one of the biggest polls they've ever done. Uh, they could not believe the results and the amount of uh, pickup it's getting all across the country. But we didn't ask people in the poll, hey, did you commit voter fraud? 
in the 2020 election because uh, people would say no. But what we did is that we described actions that are clearly defined as voter fraud. And it turns out that 20 percent, one in five people who submitted mail-in ballots for the 2020 election committed one kind or another of voter fraud. And we, and when we were uh, we commissioned the poll, we thought, you know, one of the things, the, my, really my only concern, and we wanted to know this, we wanted to do this poll. We, we kicked it around for a couple of months, actually. Then we finally pulled the trigger with Rasmussen. And my, my biggest concern was that it was such a, uh, an outlier kind of a question, or, you know, something to gauge. That I thought, what you know, it could be a dud. You know, if what if only three percent of people say that they signed a ballot that wasn't theirs? You know, what if only four percent of people, uh, you know, said that they were offered a pay or reward for their vote in 2020? Um, what if what if only you know eight percent of people said they signed a ballot um, without somebody's permission? These are all the some of the questions that we asked in the poll, and the numbers we got back were staggering, in that one in five people who mailed in their ballots in the 2020 election, committed some sort of voter fraud. And then the second half of the poll was to uh, gauge what people think should be the punishment for denying, well, I don't want to say denying, for questioning the uh, legitimacy of the 2020 election. I'm not sure that's even a better phrasing. But uh, And what should happen to Donald Trump if he is guilty of trying to overturn the 2020 election? And as uh, as you said to to kind of set set me up here, J.J., uh, 47% of likely voters believe Trump is guilty of alleged crimes to overturn the 2020 election, including, not surprisingly, 72% of Democrats, but only 20% of Republicans, and 18% of Democrat likely voters think Trump should be punished by, quote, jail for life, permanent exile, or death if found guilty of trying to, of alleged crimes to overturn the 2020 election. And so th- this poll and the two parts that we had uh, we had released it in, I think, reveal some very dark facts about this country that um, weren't really out there in the fore before. And they are now. Well, I think that's the, the, the vital part of the of this poll is that, uh, you know, it's suggesting that um, that voter fraud and uh, the illegitimacy of the election, it, it, it's now on the table, as you point out. Uh, you know, it's no longer scaring the horses. We can now discuss this because we have Rasmussen and the Heartland Institute discussing it in a in a in a reasonable way. It's not it's not the hysteria of Donald Trump, you know, screaming about um, you know it's been taken from me and I want revenge. I'm I'm paraphrasing obviously, uh, but this is a this is a scholarly poll done rationally, uh, and it's not a push poll, by the way. No. Um, and that that's also important. But it is now on the table as a legitimate topic of discussion. Now, I imagine, Jim, that you're that CNN and um, MSNBC are, are pounding on your door today uh, to discuss this uh, or perhaps not. I don't know. I, I can see his face, folks. He's smiling. Yeah, I'll <laughs> take door. Num- I'll take door number two on that one. Uh, so, no, they are not doing a story on this. Um, but I think your your point, CBD here. Um, and we raised it briefly before we went here on air, is that, you know, the gaslighting by the media, the, our government telling us that it's the most secure election in American history. And if you question that, you're a conspiracy theorist, the government and government agents in our ruling class conspiring with social media companies to take down any questioning of the uh, the procedures even of the 2020 election. 
the the like I said, the gaslighting, it's like but people know in their gut that something wasn't right. And, you know, people keep saying we've all seen it, but I'm sure listeners of this podcast have seen videos of vans showing up at a, uh, a poll counting place at three in the morning on a security cam and people grabbing boxes and, and going inside um, videos of, of people blocking out the windows so nobody can see the counting going on in the other room. Uh, video security cam video of somebody going to a Dropbox somewhere and stuffing in, you know, hundreds of ballots at a time when that's not elite, that's not legal. You're not supposed to do that. But, you know, if you have an open mind or, or you could you can explain those sorts of things away, you can say you have no idea what was in those boxes. You don't know that that uh, that those ballots that she had weren't, weren't just doing a favor for the people in the neighborhood. You don't know. You know, of course, we were counting everything accurately, even though we blocked the windows. So you couldn't see. You could make a, some sort of excuse that was plausible to explain that away. You cannot explain away the fact that one in five people, according to this Heartland Rasmussen poll, one in five people who mailed in a ballot for the 2020 election admitted to some degree of voter fraud. You can't explain that away. You can't you because they admitted it themselves when the voters themselves say what they had done during that election. And those actions turned out turn out to be explicit voter fraud, you can't make that go away. So this is now, I hope, going to start a, a restart a national conversation about both the 2020 election and what we need to do to make sure that the 2024 election is, also, is much, much, much more secure. We do not have a legitimate representative republic when the, when the vote can be this fraudulent, when the, when the opportunities for fraud are so rampant and this poll shows that that's exactly what occurred in 2020, because those votes that, uh, you know, that were fraudulent, those are not supposed to be counted, guys. Those are illegitimate ballots. They are supposed to be thrown out. And of course, um, we didn't. Uh, there was a Pew study, I think, from 2021 that showed, I think, only 17 percent of Biden voters nationwide actually showed up at the polls on Election Day. The vast majority of mail in ballots. We're all for, for Joe Biden. So this is extremely troubling. We can't go back and fix 2020, but we damn well better um, go state by state, especially if there's a Republican legislature in your state, and fix the procedures before we have another presidential election that people might legitimately think is not legitimate because the mistakes from the past were not fixed. You know, my, the neurons are just like, for me, are just firing all over the place because you've made so many points and there's so many observations about this about this truly i mean god almighty 20 percent and and you can extrapolate that to the to the entire population of voters i i'm absolutely convinced of that it's 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 a massive it, it just it's it's a massively frightening uh, uh, uh result from this poll first of all you've got you go back to pennsylvania uh, jim that you were talking about the legislature i mean yes it is i think it was controlled by the republicans at that point and for, i mean this i'm I know the secretary of state wasn't why nobody raised a stink about this. And just, and I thought I, I recalled the, the Pennsylvania legislature essentially approved the, the electors once the vote was counted. And we know that there was massive fraud in Philadelphia and in Pittsburgh in particular, that, that this is where the, the seat of it was in that state alone. That's one thing. The, the other thing is just going on a completely different tangent and, you know, you, you now all of this stuff is baked in the cake. 
mail-in ballots are now, I think it's 37 out of 50 states. And as a, a great man, I believe it was Milton Friedman, who once said, there was nothing more permanent than a temporary government program. This was supposed to be a temporary emergency, and it's not a temporary emergency. It's now corruption is now the system, and the Democrats control it, and that is it. And people will say, well, the Republicans better learn to, to out, out corrupt the Democrats. And what does that say for our society? And just what does it say for our society that 20% of voters are willing to do this thing that the media is trying to gaslight us that it doesn't happen and they'll, they'll never admit to it. And now there was another poll that's, you know, com- completely different. It says that, uh, uh, you know, a majority of students in this country don't think that the Holocaust happened. And a majority of students support, you know, all of these things are now sort of coming together. These polls about Israel, about America's legitimacy, about Israel's legitimacy, and so on and so on and so forth. And we are just, what does it say about our society that we've become so corrupt that, yeah, you expect a few people to to mail in a freaking ballot. Sorry, CBD. But God, when 20% just do it like it's nothing because they think that they're, you know, they're, they're fortifying democracy or whatever, or they think they just, they'll, they'll win by any means necessary. Uh, we're in a really bad space as a people. Well, we, let's face it. They know what they're doing. These are, these are not complicated rules. Um, and I think that they're intuitive. Um, but the, one of, one of the, the important things about this poll is that it has shifted the Overton window and we have, we have taken a, a contentious idea, and that is that the 2020 election was stolen, and we have converted it to, you know, we have voting irregularities in this country, and perhaps that should be addressed as a national conversation. I apologize for using that that phrase, but as a national conversation, and it has has taken a lot of the anger and the contentiousness and the angst out of the the initial charge of the 2020 election was stolen, and it's it's vitally important that we look at this. Not in the typical hysteria of of America when when a when, when a contentious topic like this is is broached, but in a in a more rational way. Um, I, unfortunately, I think that Donald Trump is probably not particularly well prepared to discuss it in a in a rational way. Um, I, I saw his comments. Uh, when he saw the this wonderful Heartland poll, and of course it was hyperbolic and it was over the top. Um, he, in many many ways, is his own worst enemy. But well, yeah, the, he is the, hyperbolic. The, 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 the conversation, top. the rational conversation, has begun. Yes, I'm saying he is hyperbolic and he is over the top. But at least now we know he ain't wrong, and that's the. I mean, yes, that's the crucial thing. Of course, everyone's going to talk about his tone, but let's not. Yeah, let's totally CBD not lose sight of the fact that this poll is just a watershed moment and it, it just forces people now to have the conversation. The problem is one side of this country does not want to have a conversation. As we all know, they just want to shut us up and kill us, uh, either figurative, rhetorically or perhaps even literally. But this is, this is crucial. And I think, uh, you know, it also sheds light on someone like a Vivek Ramaswamy who had that town hall with CNN. And, he, and I think this might have even been bef- I don't know if this was when the poll came out or if he was citing the poll or if even beforehand, he was basically making the same stating the same case about the corruption of of uh, every branch of our government and, and, and so on and so forth. They literally put the CNN uh, fool in her place who kept on constantly you know, fact checking. it, And it was a sight to see. He did a great job on it. Yeah, I mean, one of the yeah, Trump did mention this uh, at his first campaign rally. Uh, after the poll was was released, and he's um, undoubtedly going to mention it on every single <laughs> every single rally from here on. 
until next November. And in every television interview that he gives, he's going to mention this. You know, I'm one of those people that believe that Trump's chances of reelection would be greatly increased if he would talk about how bad the country has done under Joe Biden and how his and talk about what he would do to get us back to a great place, which which we were, um, especially economically when he was president. But instead, all he talks about is the 2020 election and how it was stolen. It was rigged, blah, 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 blah. And so, you know, as somebody who would like to have Donald Trump get to the issues and to make more substantive arguments, I am not. I am not unaware of the fact that it's ironic that we released this poll, which assures us that he will never let it go and that wow. this is what he's going to talk about from now on until the end. So that's how important I believe this it is to tell the truth and to, to have revealed these facts to the American people. No, in all fairness to Trump, there were there were a number of links that I've seen that that he doesn't even mention this, where he does talk about Joe Biden as an absolute as a criminal, which he is, which is coming out with the impeachment and also just as a a disaster in terms of the economy. So he is hitting those points. Is he going to stick to those things, uh, you know, uh, you know, mostly or or divvy it up? I mean, that's you know, that that's that's you know, that's the only the future can tell us that. But but in all in regards to this poll, yes, it's absolutely I can't really cannot emphasize enough how absolutely crucial it is uh in the national i wouldn't say national discussion but the the, the national uh the national hatfields versus mccoys and that's putting it mildly well, let me just add something real quick to something you mentioned jj is that you know this is people did this on purpose i i actually don't think so when you describe one of the questions says during the 2020 election did you fill out a ballot in part or in full on behalf of a friend or family member such as a spouse or a child I would imagine that most Americans or most of the people that answered yes, and it was, you know, 21 percent answered yes to that question. I, they probably didn't think they were doing anything wrong. They didn't know that that was illegal. Um, now, tell that to the judge. Right. I didn't know that was illegal. Uh, so I didn't commit the crime. That's not how it works. But I think a lot, you know, a lot of what happened is hard. It's hard to say. But I would say a significant number of of the so-called fraud might have been completely accidental and innocent. That doesn't take away from the fact that that's a fraudulent vote um, and that the Democrats, frankly, set up a system that could be so easily corrupted. That's all true. But, you know, I do think I would think a a good number of the people that did this did it accidentally, at least some. Well, I think you're I think you're being kind. (laughs) No, I'm I'm serious. And 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 I and I do understand the point and it's a valid point. Um, But uh, for for every respondent who innocently you know did did something that seems innocuous uh how many respondents knew what they were doing and said no i did not do that so right you know you're what you what you have asked people on this poll is are have you committed a felony and of uh, my guess is that you have undercounted the number of fraudulent ballots that were submitted in the 2020 election that's fair. That's fair. Because, you know, these uh, the questions, they're they're not mutually exclusive. In fact, you know, you could overlap. Right. So you could have done three of these things. <laughs> and so or or just one of these things. So, uh, yeah, I think the so I mean, 20 percent is a, is a number that's just unbelievable as, as it as it is. But it could be higher. Right. And, yes. and I think it's also important to point out um, the the demographics of this poll is very very reflective of the electorate as a whole, and especially in 2020. 
52% of the people uh, of the likely voters who responded to this poll were female, 48% male, uh, 36% were Democrats, 33% were Republicans, and 31% were other. Um, um, blacks were 13% of the respondents, which is correspondent to the uh, population of African-Americans as a whole. So this, I think, as I'm very proud of Rasmus, and we should all be proud of Rasmus, and they're extremely reputable and professional, this poll reflects the electorate, especially in 2020. So you can you can take its accuracy, I think, pretty uh, pretty on the nose. You know, it's. It, I mean, speaking of polls, there was an actual, you know, if, I mean, if you want to, if, if it bears anything, a, a correlation, maybe it does. There was a shock poll that showed uh, Donald Trump literally doubling his um, his his pickup of, of black and Latino voters over 2020 and even over 26, which is a, an increase over 2016. And um, as we all know, you know, blacks and Latinos in, in the main, at least used to be like 98 percent or 99 percent always voted Democrat, never voted Republican, right. at least. Post, post the, you know, post the 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 first uh, the first George H W Bush presidency in eighty eight, but for and if they lose a, if Democrats lose a maybe four or five or six percent just that much of black voters or, or if they stay home, that is really disastrous for them. And from what I understand, they've lost nine upwards of seven to nine percent in this last poll. So um, that's pretty that is pretty significant, um, and especially when you couple it with with this kind of thing, hopefully, you know, and I hate to, and I hate to say it. I mean, a lot of the shenanigans happens in the inner cities. I think it was Philadelphia that had, what was it? A hundred to 110, 100% of the electorate turned out and turned in 110% of the ballots and like 99% of them were for Joe Biden. So what does that say? You know what I mean? Praise. Yeah. yeah I mean, is those sorts of things that, you know, you would see and it's like, it's, it's, it's not possible. It's not, how is it possible that, you know, uh, a batch of ballots, you know, delivered at, you know, one thirty in the morning, go 99% Joe Biden. It's just not plausible. And you would see things like this. And it's, frankly, it's very American to have questions about it. And I would point out as well, again, um, CBD, this is, I think, I agree with you. This is why this poll is so important, because it gives people permission, I think, again, to talk about this freely. And I think Elon Musk owning Twitter and dedicating that as a free speech haven also makes this a little easier to talk about. But, you know, Democrats have not have questioned the results of the election of a presidential election for the last 23 years since um, at least George W. Bush beat Al Gore by 437 votes, I think it was, in Florida to put him over the top. There are members of Congress to this day that call George W. Bush an illegitimate president. Uh, the only two elections that Democrats have not contested as illegitimate or somehow fraudulent or being stolen from their rightful winners were two of them in the last in the last 20 years. Those were the two times Barack Obama was elected president. Other than that, for the last two decades, Democrats have denied election results. So spare me this this bullshit where that's allowed to happen with impunity. And it should because we live in America. You should be able to say what you want. You should be able to express your feelings and even your logical uh, conclusions about public events. But the 2020 election is the only one in which if you say these things, you are going to be nuked from space by the social media gods, and you are going to be called a kook and a conspiracy theorist. But this poll shows that it's not a conspiracy theory when one in five mail-in voters admit 
to a pollster, a stranger on the telephone, that they committed <laughs> at least one kind of voter fraud. So now we know the truth through this poll. And now we should and can talk about it. Well, Jim, here, here's a, here's the other the other cromulent issue of this is that, yeah, of course, that, you know, everyone from Gore to Hillary Clinton, especially and, and John Kerry have bitched and moaned and have gone even further than that in 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 claiming stolen elections. And you know something? I don't necessarily care that they claim that it was stolen. They have every right to spout off the most, you know, crappy bullshit. But they've gone even further. I know that Hillary did. I know that Hillary egged on the electors and many many Democrats to oh, not right. vote the way that they were supposed to do. Meanwhile, we have Donald Trump literally accused of freaking insurrection and and of election interference when all he did was exercise his rights loudly, crudely, whatever you want to say, claiming that, the, that you know, that and he has every right to that. There's a lot of shenanigans in this election and it was there's a lot of fraud committed. And he never once asked for insurrection. He never once told people to be violent. He told people to protest peacefully. And it was far and away the most you know, benign thing that they could have done compared to those other three Democrat clowns from the previous elections. And worse than being nuked from orbit from social media, he now has the entire criminal justice system right. ready to railroad him and send him to prison for life and destroy him and his family and anybody who supports him for just daring to say that the election was stolen. They are now using his free his statements as proof of insurrection. We are a banana republic. We are. And, and, and the second part of the, of the Heartland organization poll, uh, speaks to that. Uh, Jim, I'll, I'll let you describe it. It's shocking, but, uh, let's give it a shot. Yeah. Well, uh, one of the questions we asked, um, was, uh, you know, we, we point out that Donald Trump has been formally charged with crimes associated. Quote, here we have in our question associated with alleged, an alleged attempt to overturn the 2020 election. Do you think Donald Trump is guilty, not guilty, or unsure, or unsure if he's guilty or not guilty? Now, if I was asked that question, I was not polled by our own poll, obviously. But how would I answer, uh, did Trump try to overturn the 2020 election? The answer is yes. I would have answered yes to that question. And he did, through completely legal and constitutional means. That's what was happening on January 6th inside the Capitol, where, uh, where objections were being raised to uh, electors from certain states because the representatives of those states did not believe that the results from their state were on the up and up. And so that is a completely legitimate challenge to an election. In fact, the irony of you guys know this, but uh, Jamie Raskin, of course, raised the exact same objections in the 2026 election. And in fact, I know other members of Congress raised the very same exact objections in the 2004 election. Because John Kerry claimed that Ohio was stolen from him by by uh, rigged voting machines and other nonsense. So these are um, completely legal and constitutional challenges. So is Donald Trump guilty of that? Yes, of course he is. But the the, the, the kind of the some crime. Part, yes, right, <laughs> some crime. But um, you know, so then we also asked if he is found guilty of crimes associated with attempting to overturn the 2020 election. They're not crimes. But let's just say that he's found guilty of these things. What should be his punishment? Um, 35% of likely voters said it should be a fine. 5% said he should be in jail for less than a year. 16% said he should be in the Huskal for between one and five years. Sixteen, Another 16% said he should be in prison for more than five years. 7% said put him in jail for life. 3% said uh, permanent exile. And 2% said he should be put to death. 
Now, two <laughs> percent is not a large percentage, obviously, but we are a very large country. That's a lot of people who think that Donald Trump should die for challenging the 2020 election. And Democrats who said who said this, by the way, eight percent of Democrats think Donald Trump, when of course found guilty, they know he will be found guilty, and he will. With the rigged justice system we have in this country, eight percent of Democrats say that Donald Trump should suffer the death penalty for challenging the results of the 2020 election. That's pretty dark, guys. That is really dark. Well, I was going to translate that now to uh, what about people who challenge um, who challenge the notion that a man can be a woman and a woman can be a man or who challenge the notion of, um, you know, America is a white supremacist country or challenge any other thing. That is you are talking a slope that is uh, that is greased with 10W40 and banana peels. If you say those things, you don't go to jail. You get um, you get made Immediate president death. of Harvard. <laughs> no, if you challenge those things, yes, of course. If you if you <laughs> proclaim them, yes, you become yes. the president of Harvard. No, it's it's a it's a shocking result. Um, yeah. You know the idea that uh, okay, I, I will I will grant that Trump that there is some data that show that Trump may have broken some law. I don't think he has, and. But the but the stretch from that to imprisonment, exile, or execution is is let's face it that's nuts. First of all, yeah. is there any law in the United States that allows for exile? I don't think. <laughs> I mean, that, I think that's people made must up. Have just watch the movie Napoleon or something. You know, they yeah, get a little I mean, excited. When, yeah, they get they get sent to East St. Louis, Illinois, for yeah. Uh, there was oh a my novella God. about a man without a country. I don't, I don't remember who wrote it, but uh, death might be preferable to East uh, St. Louis, Illinois. Just <laughs> exactly. I don't know. Maybe he should be exiled to New York City. That's not the United States. <laughs> lock him up at lock him up in the Trump Tower. Oh wait a minute, never mind. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that but no, that and, is, and, it, and it shows it, it, the. You know, we're we're joking around with this, but it it does show that the that the the Democrats have lost their fucking minds. Um, the the idea that a that a, a rational and legal challenge to what are obviously election irregularity irregularities um, should be should be given to the Justice Department for prosecution is nuts. And this this as as JJ has pointed out, this is banana republic stuff. And we are unfortunately in a banana republic right now. Well, there it is, CBD. I mean, here, here's the thing. We talk about this. We know what the Democrats are capable of. We know what they have done. And we know as CBD, as you've said many, many times and so eloquently about uh, the perversion of speech and how the, the left controls it lock, stock and barrel now to the point where they can literally redefine what a crime is and what a crime is not by virtue of their position uh, as a district attorney or as a, uh, a an attorney general or you name it. So what are we to do about this? Like we don't, as I you know said before about the, the Pennsylvania legislature, what did they do to stop this? They did absolutely, as we say in Italian, ugats. they did nothing. And so we're just sort of trapped in this. Yeah, like like a deer in the headlights of of people who don't want to confront things, don't want to cause a stir, don't want to cause a ruckus, and who are just sort of in denial about the fact that we are a banana republic, and these people are taking us down left, right, and center. Um, you know, God, something has to change because look, twenty twenty four is coming, and you know, regardless of what the polls say uh, of Trump's popularity that he's leading in seven swing states and it's all over, and who the hell knows what it is. 
They are going to rig this thing out the wazoo and make sure that there is no way in hell that he ever becomes and is elected president. I just and nobody is doing anything really to stop it. At least, well, not that I'm aware. Uh, let's, but let's be honest here: the Heartland Institute has done something. Uh, we have, yes, they are. They, yeah, it's very important. But let, let's get back to the to the second part of the poll. Um, there, uh, Jim was kind enough to share uh, some of the cross tabs. And it's fascinating. Uh, one of the questions was, uh, how should those, um, paraphrasing, how should those in the media be punished for suggesting that the 2020 presidential election was fraudulent? And I'll let Jim discuss this, but it's unbelievable what people think. Simply suggesting that, that there was fraud in the 2020 election, uh, should be banned. People should be banned from public speaking. Go to prison, uh, or both. It's un- this is it's shocking. America has has devolved so much from the idea of freedom of speech, of liberty, of of the idea that we have we that our ideas, our personal, our independent ideas, are paramount. That I I don't know. I'm at a loss. Obviously, I'm not at a loss. But I'm going to let Jim take this one. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. So the the top line stuff is that 48 percent of likely voters say media members who alleged election fraud should be criminally punished if Trump is found <laughs> guilty of the same. And 48 percent of Democrat likely voters believe media members, that includes us guys, alleged who alleged election fraud should be, quote, banned from public speaking, receive prison time or a combination of both. Forty eight percent. So almost half Democrats. Think if you speak as we are doing right now and allege irregularities about the 2020 election, you should be either put in prison, fined or, quote, banned from public speaking. Do, do they realize that you, you're not supposed to be able to do that in this country? It is technically unconstitutional to ban somebody from public speaking. Like if they think that uh, Tucker Carlson has peddled too much con- in conspiracy theories about the 2020 election, and he decides to grab an old-fashioned bullhorn, stand on a soapbox in the middle of a, uh, of a park, and start shouting through that bullhorn that the 2020 election was rigged. Does he believe that uh, do, do half of Democrats believe that Tucker Carlson should be arrested for that? That he should not be allowed to he should never be allowed to public to speak publicly again, apparently, uh, uh, you know, presumably about anything, let alone the 2020 election. They. That's one of the things, guys, that this this poll revealed that was so disheartening to me. You know, the one in five mail-in votes being fraudulent. Yeah, that was shocking and it was extremely troubling. But you could almost say that's a one-off, at least for that election, and hope that you can fix that. That actually is something you could fix with amended and strengthened election laws. How do you fix it when half of this country wants to put people in jail for what they say and what they think. How do you fix that? I don't think you can fix that. And this is why so many people that read Ace of Spades blog, that listen to this fantastic podcast, that listen to the Heartland Institute's podcast, that, that follow us and support us as a nonprofit institution. That's why so many of us think that this country is not just, we're not just losing this country, but that it's gone. How do you turn the ship around from that? You don't, I mean, I, well, not without, well, I'm not going to go there, but let me just, let me just make an observation about that, you know, in that, you know, yes, I consider myself 
maybe not a professional, but I guess maybe I am a professional journalist. I try to, I, I have an opinion. I have a definite opinion about things, but I try to be as quote unquote fair and balanced in my coverage of things. And I always try to look at something. If somebody that, that's supposedly on my side of the, of the aisle here does something wrong, I'm going to call him or her out on it just as much as I'm going to call out anybody on any side, depending upon the issue. But it's funny because you, that you call us journalists because for so many years, they, you know, we have been ridiculed as just, you know, people who are not, we're not real journalists journalists because we're on the internet and we're not we don't have official press passes and so forth but now as you say jim because we're saying this now they're going to have the power to not only shut us up and silence us but the fbi can come and arrest us for name it sedition treason uh speaking untruths or, or, or whatever the hell you want to call it but we don't come 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 out of this because look what's look what's happening in campuses look what happens when Someone like an Ann Coulter or a Ben Shapiro or a David Horowitz or a you name it goes to a university to speak. Immediately, there are hordes and they're definitely it's a setup, of course, like in the Congress with Code Bank. There are hordes of people who come in there to, to disturb it, to shut it down and perhaps even to get violent at the speakers if they refuse to yield. And yet at the same token, we have these asshole fools like Claudine Gay and that other schmuck, Massengill, whatever the fucker name was from UPenn, who claimed that, oh, allowing uh, people to, to say, uh, uh, you know, whatever they want to speak, even if it's abhorrent about genocide, it's free speech. But God forbid you say that a man is a man and a woman is a woman and neither the twain shall meet. You are sentenced to you know, rhetorical death, my friends. So, so I, yeah, we, I, we, we, I'm going to disagree know. with both Jim and JJ. And I think that the the bully pulpit of the presidency is has enough power and enough influence to to shift the this this abject ignorance of 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 what makes america great unfortunately i don't know of any candidate who can who who would be able to do that but a rational quiet gentle explanation of what the first amendment means what the second amendment means what the fifth amendment means over and over again from the Oval Office will shift us back from from the abyss. Who that man is, I do not know. Well, that presupposes that we actually ever get the Oval Office back. Well, I I, I think we will get the Oval (laughs) Office back. Um, But but the thing is, yeah, it's got to start in the schools, man. That's that's really well, what it's all. The thing, the thing, we, we've lost the schools. Let's not pretend that the schools are the are the solution. The, The schools are the problem. Well, then we got to take the schools back. <laughs> yeah, but how are we going to do that? And it, 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 it we have to, tr- we have to try something different because, because let, let's face it, you know, the, uh, Columbia Teachers College is pumping out a bunch of, of fucking radicals and they, and they will be doing the same thing for the next generation. So the schools, the schools are broken. The schools are, are beyond redemption. The, the question is, can, can we counteract the malign influence of, of the educational system in the United States with, political speech and the answer is yes i think we can um and it has to start from the very very top of our political structures who that again who that man is i do not know i don't think it's donald Nikki trump Haley. unfortunately uh Nikki well Haley. yeah Nikki Haley. Uh, jim's jim's correct <laughs> obviously it it's not donald trump well i would i would look i would argue that i don't you know look i have problems with donald trump i have problems with everybody 
But again, I don't, I don't think it's necessarily one man that's going to, that's going to just magically snap his, his or her fingers and, and just make people realize what the first, fifth, fourth, tenth, second, and every other amendment is. But because the whole society has been so poisoned as Jim's polls in the Heartlands Institute and Rasmussen's polls indicate, we've lost not only the knowledge of what things are, but there's a sense of just morality and ethics of doing the right thing. Yes, to Jim's point about people not necessarily knowing they were breaking the law. Perhaps they were filling out uh, an elderly uh, person's thing. And and if they they wanted Joe Biden, then they would do the honest thing and check Joe Biden. But as we all know, because of all this shenanigans, I mean, forget it. You know, it's getting back all of those things, uh, the sense of morality and ethics and not just I'm right. And, uh, you know, by any means necessary, that has to be burned out of the public consciousness as much as marxism and all this other crap has to be but can one person do it yes yeah and, and look let's go back to 1980 we had a we had a man named ronald reagan who was a different was an excellent it was different an excellent time. order hold on one second he was an excellent orator. he understood what american exceptionalism truly meant and he was able to shift the country from from a from a, a depressed and and really a dismal st- place to a economic and political powerhouse. And what he did in those eight years was magnificent. And yes, the country is different and the, and it will be, it will require more work, but do not assume that America is irretrievable. We, we are not that broken. And I think that it can be fixed and it will be fixed. I'm not saying it's easy. But it is possible. Yeah, I mean, as you, right before you said that CBD, I was I thought of the famous quote by Ronald Reagan, and I just typed it up so you gave me the time to do that, where he says, <laughs> "Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it to our children in the bloodstream. It must be fought for, protected, and handed on for them to do the same. Or one day, we will spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in the United States when men were free." I almost tear up reading that off of a, a computer screen right now. And it's I'm reminded of that because I'm I'm fifty-three years old. I, I came of age in the eighties and the nineties. And I'll often comment to my wife, remember the nineties when people could just argue and people had free speech and you could argue with even friends on politics and then go out to dinner or have drinks later and it wasn't everything was fine. That we lived in a country where you were free where you were free to speak your mind, where you were free to disagree, where, you know, uh, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Uh, Now we live in a world in which speech that irritates or bothers or offends or quote unquote harms somebody on the left is immediately punished, if not banned and outlawed. And we it's not passed on in the bloodstream. And this is where I get, I'm a little more, a little more pessimistic than you are CBD is that we have not passed on these ideals of freedom and liberty in, in, in we can't pass them on through the bloodstream. They have to be pushed. They, they have to be pushed along our society with us. They have to be bedrock principles that are never to be um, smashed. And little by little over the last 20 years, we, we don't live in the world of the 1990s and even the early 2000s anymore. We don't live in a, in a world where children are taught in school. One of my favorite subjects when I was a child in school was civics, where you learned 
the history of this country and how to be why you were proud to be an American, why America's liberty, capitalism, free market capitalism, freedom and liberty made us an exceptional place on earth. We were the beacon of these things. The Soviet Union was the opposite of these things. And those poor people were yearning to be free. And Ronald Reagan broke down the Soviet Union and those people did become free and uh, the Iron Curtain fell, all of that. But it's all been forgotten and it's none of it, none of it is, is, is honored anymore so that people's feelings are more important than your freedom. And I, so I'm not as, as, as optimistic that we can turn this around, not when it's basically a partisan deal. You know, the American Civil Liberties Union used to just be full of Democrats. Now it's filled with totalitarians and they don't fight for free speech anymore. They fight they fight for restriction of speech and the punishment of speech that challenges the regime or irritates a leftist. Uh, So I don't see any any hope that this is getting fixed. Am I crazy? Am I I too pessimistic? Yes, I think you are too pessimistic. And I'm going to give you an example. So on October 7th, Hamas perpetrated the worst pogrom on the Jewish people since the Holocaust. And in the intervening two months, we have, I have seen a sea change in reliably liberal left-wing Jews. Their eyes have been opened. They have seen the true face of evil and it isn't just Hamas. And if that change, and I'm not saying all of them, I'm not talking about a shift from you know 92% Jewish voting for uh, the left to 30%, but, but that has changed the Jewish people in the United States. And if it can happen in two months with a very, very dedicated liberal population, it can happen in America. And I, and you know, Jim, what you described not not a single word of it uh can be challenged what you what you said was the truth but i refuse to believe that the american people are that far gone i think it can be changed and it's going to take guts uh, and i hope it doesn't take blood but it can change my my i am not so i mean i i agree with your anecdotal you know cbd your 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 notes about about judaism but as i've said I always, I too, in the wake of 1070, go, I lurk on Facebook and see what some of my friends are saying. And everyone is appalled, has been appalled at the explosion of anti-Semitism on campus. But where were they, were they not appalled at the explosion of anti-Americanism, at the removal of, of monuments? Nobody, and nobody said a peep when statues of Washington were taken down or statues of Columbus or even Martin Luther King or anybody were taken down. They said nothing. They only reacted this way. So the question is, can you convert their, their, their revulsion at what, what has been done, uh, vis-a-vis anti-Semitism to everything else? That is the, that is the crucial question. I hope that it can happen. And, I, but the, I, and the answer is yes. A conservative is a liberal who's been mugged. And the Jewish well, and, and American Jews have been mugged. Well, and, I, and some I, I of them are going to change. And when when the American people get mugged, they will change. JJ, what was the percentage of uh, young people who question whether the Holocaust happened? I don't remember you the know, number, but it was it was disturbingly large. It was fairly large. The, the 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 article was on National Pulse. If you want to quickly, you know, look it up, but. 
it was up there. It was like something like seven, eight percent. They questioned whether it happened or whether it was as uh, as horrific as as was claimed. Th- this is really, you know, and this is the whole thing. It goes back to being freedom not being passed down in the blood and so on and so forth. And when I made the point about America in 1980, in the 80s is not the same as today. It's the collective memory. As people pass into history, as teachers who are relatively responsible and teach civics and teach history, truthfully die off or are forced out and are replaced by the Marxists, we lose this collective memory of what America is, of what America is supposed to be. And you get, you know, diversity, equity and inclusion as the name of the game. And it infects every part of our society. And the same thing with Holocaust denial. My mother is a survivor, was a survivor of uh, of Mauthausen and a, and a death march in the labor brigades. And she always told me that when she goes, and she was among the youngest, she goes, when she goes and when her generation go, the Holocaust really will become a myth because there'll be no one there necessarily to challenge all the deniers and all, and all of this thing. And they'll be itching, you know, and it's the same thing with America. It's the same thing with what America is all about, because now... What's being taught is America is evil, America is illegitimate, white supremacists rule the day, and uh, we have to wipe everybody out and, 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 and create a new society that is the antithesis of America. So that's why I'm a bit pessimistic in that regard. But with your poll and with CBD's optimism and us getting out there and just being a grassroots force to grab one person by the neck and shake them a little bit and give them a smack and say, hey, idiot. Wake up and take a look and smell the coffee. As you, as they say, if you save one life, you save the world entire. So hopefully that's the case. My fear is it's not, it's going to be very messy and possibly bloody because I think we're, you know, the other side just doesn't want to hear it. And when you talk about speech that offends people, it's not that speech offends, offends the sensibilities or whatever. It's because what we speak is the truth. And what they are putting out is an absolute lie, a lie against nature, a lie against history and lies against reality. So that's what hate speech is to them, to challenge their worldview and what they want to impose on us. So you're talking about a divide that I don't know how we how we bridge. Well, even just to bring it back to the the Heartland Institute Rasmussen poll that we were talking about, the truth is that one in five uh, mail-in voters committed some sort of voter fraud. The lie is that it was the most secure election in American history. Yet the former, you're not allowed to say. So you're not allowed to say the truth. You're forced, you're, you're encouraged to say a lie and that it's enforceable by the ruling class, by our media, by social media. I mean, you, you know, Vivek uh, Ramaswamy is interrupted while speaking the truth on CNN. Um, I love podcasts like this. I love blogs like Ace of Spades, HQ. Because it's the truth. It's a vigorous expression of our First Amendment rights. And, you know, they say the most revolutionary act is to speak the truth. Um, We are living in those kinds of times now. And I'm proud to speak the truth. I know you guys are. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, I mean, mean, look, that's what it's all about. You know, I'm, I'm 63 years old and I'm about to get very emotional right now. And my country and everything that I have believed in is falling apart. And my uncle did not get cut in half by a Japanese machine gun. And my relatives did not survive death camps to come here and kiss the ground of this sacred country to have it go 
the way of of the evil assholes who, who tried to kill them and did kill them 80 years ago. I cannot abide by that. And if I spend the last however many years of life I have on this earth speaking the truth, and if it gets me whatever it gets me, so be it. But th- but this is war, man. I can't. I, I I'm 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 just just apoplectic and and at a loss for words about this. But this cannot stand. Cannot go on. And I think that it cannot go on, and I think it will not go on. And 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 the the over the overreach, uh, in particular on college campuses, from the you know the five percent of the people on them who are committed, dedicated leftists. Um, is is going to cause them a lot of problems in the in the next several years. I think that you know in the in the heartland, when when people read about what's going on on these college campuses and they and they see the videos of people chanting "Death to Israel" and and, and so on, um, they they pause. Now, are they going to vote for the most conservative candidate for the next generation? No, they're not. But just like that, that poll that Heartland commissioned, it is going to push the, the conversation toward a more, na- a more rational analysis of what is truly ailing America. And we, we have to look at it from that perspective. And, and that's why this, the Heartland Institute poll is so, so very important because it has taken the emotion out of the discussion. It has created a, and I'm repeating myself and I apologize, but it's creating a rational basis for a national discussion about our votes. Are they actually being counted? Are they being thrown away? What is going on in America? And again, with they, they pulled all of the anger out of it. It's just the numbers. Let's talk about that. Gentlemen, um, I think we're coming to the end of our podcast, but I want to give uh, Jim Lakely the, of the wonderful Heartland Institute and this really sea change and eye-opener of a poll. Uh, I want to give you the last word on this. Jim? Thanks. Yeah, you can, you can uh, view the poll results yourself at heartland.org. Um, the Heartland Institute, we're a 40-year-old free market think tank uh, founded here in Chicago, where I am now. Uh, we've been around a long time. We do public policy from a free market perspective. And uh, once in a while, we do ground-shaking polls with Rasmussen uh, <laughs> like this one, uh, which is great. You know, and just to put a kind of a capper, I guess, on the, on the conversation, CBD, when you were uh, talking there, I was thinking, you know, national elections have long been, or at least in my lifetime, have long been kind of a, a, a national corrective right? Like uh, the the malaise of the 1970s, the American people were ready for something new and fresh and they elected Ronald Reagan as president. Um, you know, after the, the Bill Clinton years and, you know, the, the American people kind of went in another direction. They decided to elect uh, George W. Bush as president. Uh, Obama, you could say, you say the same thing. You know, America was kind of ready, it seems, or at least majority of the electorate were ready for a, uh, for a, a change. And it was, I, and I would believe in each of those elections, it was a legitimate expression of the public mood and what the public really wanted. And But when you have widespread voter fraud, you can no longer uh, trust that our national leadership is embodied in the presidency of the United States and that administration with the enormous power it has 
over over our lives. That's just the way government has has developed. When one in five mail-in votes, mail-in voters admit to voter fraud, at least I cannot necessarily really trust that the American public and mood is being expressed. That's an important uh, release valve, it's an, obviously, for national frustrations. And when people see that Donald Trump got the most votes in history that for any incumbent president had ever gotten, but was still beaten by several million votes by a guy who campaigned in his basement, well, you would start to doubt that the American people are actually able to express their true needs and desires and wants for the direction of this country. And that's why voter fraud is the number one issue, I think, moving through 2024. This has to be fixed. If you don't let the people express their views and their um, desires for the direction of the country through a legitimate election, what you get is January 6th, and you get a lot of them, and you get maybe even worse. So this is the 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 survival of our country is at stake when it comes to when it comes to fixing what is obviously widespread election fraud. There's nothing more important than this because you do not have a country if the American people cannot express their desires for their leadership and elect a government on their own and not have it rigged. Well, it's the you know, ballot box or the ammo box. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I was going to say, you know, what the insidious thing about 2020 was, was that now going forward, let's say whoever the nominee may be on the Republican side wins and wins you know, maybe by a substantial margin or even worse by a, a razor thin margin. Now the Democrats are going to complain the system is rigged. And so when everybody says the system is rigged, then, you know, then it's like all bets are off. And maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that'll force people to, you know, to, to, to really re, re, you know, bring back one day, one person, one vote, and that's it. But, um, the rest remains to be seen. Anyway, uh, for CBD, it's JJ Sefton. You have been listening to probably one of the best, uh, podcast episodes that we've ever had on the Cut Jib Newsletter Radio Network. For Jim Lakely from the Heartland Institute and CBD, uh, thank you. Thank you for hitting the tip jar. We really appreciate it. And we will see you next week on the next one. Jim, thank you very, very much for joining us. Um, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to contact you soon. And, uh, you know, I can talk about this kind of stuff all day. It was fantastic. We really appreciate it. And folks, thanks for listening.